Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome, or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. We're having nines tonight, and um, I'm delighted to be able to introduce you to our two nine speakers, um, the first of whom will be Fraser. Fraser Fraser is an intern here at Shaw Vineyard, but not for long. He's going to not be an intern before very long. And so before that, we, we thought we'd just squeeze him for one, one last thing and um, get him to share a nine. So Fraser's uh, um, been part of Shaw Vineyard since 2018, married to the lovely Becca, um, who's at the back there, um, and flatting with quite a few people from this congregation, maybe none of whom is here. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 we got one the back there. Yeah. Oh, Nicole. Ah, Nicole. I, I live with my wife. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, and Becca, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> but also Ben and Charlotte and Esther and... Shante, Shante, there you go. I knew on the fly. I, I would have got it eventually, but thank you. Um, so he's done a bit of everything, as interns are prone to do. He, he did mainly music, um, you know, really faithfully. He's been really involved in our Sundays. He's done sort of, you know, some big things, and he's done some really serving things that you won't necessarily notice, but he's done them all with a great attitude, good humour, cheekiness, as he admits, and um, it's been a great pleasure. So God bless you as you share with us tonight. Oh, you can take that with you. You can keep that. Okay. Hi, everyone. How are we doing tonight? I have had a short story on my heart for the last wee while uh, that I've wanted to, to share with you all for, for quite some time. Um, as the outcome of the story has been a big part of what's been fueling me over the last year as I've been um, doing this internship. And it has to do with um, lenses and, and how we see things. So I, I Google searched religious eyes, and this is what I got. Uh, I had some complaints this morning. I didn't explain what this was. I thought I'd leave the mystery in, but you get, you get to see behind the curtain tonight. Um, so apparently, it's, it's a wacky story. Medieval times, St. Lucy doesn't like a guy who's trying to marry her, so she gouges out her own eyes, and um, then... God gives her some new ones, so she's got a spare pair. And um, then you become sainted, I guess. Oh, that's how things work anyway. So don't worry about that too much, but it's, it's something to look at while, while we go through here. So cast your minds back to 2017. Um, I was living at the Baptist Tabernacle University Hostel, located at the top of Queen Street in the city. You might know where it is. It's right next door to that uh, courthouse-looking church um, right at the top there. I was living there while I was studying at uh, Auckland University, and it was my first time living with other believers. I, I liked living there. It was pretty cool. Um, but I was beginning to come across an issue that I hadn't had to deal with before. Um, previously, I'd always lived in just random flats with um, non-believers, and so I never had much in the way of expectations for how they would go about their lives or anything like that. My only expectation would be that they would maybe do their dishes every once in a while. And I'm, I probably didn't do mine that often anyway, but okay. Um, but all of a sudden, I was having to deal with, an, um, with friction caused by a little bit of my naive viewpoint and a, a little bit of an egotistical assumption that these other believers would want to live the same way that I thought that Christian life should be lived. Um, 
I think it was an easy trap to fall into, but it was something that wasn't, wasn't good. Um, and there was a real temptation for me to justify a kind of high and mighty position um, through some like fire and brimstone type um, Bible verses and things like that. So it kind of took me a minute to realize what was going on and, and that I was having these expectations that maybe weren't fair. And the Holy Spirit had been nibbling away at me whenever this issue came up, and it eventually um, drew, drew me to prayer. In that time of prayer, I asked for a gift. Um, asking for gifts in the past, it always seemed to, to work pretty well. Um, and as audacious as it was, I, I asked to see, I asked God to let me see these people through his eyes. I, I asked to see them through his vision, through lenses of, of God. Um, and it's probably impossible for humans to really do that fully, to, to, to see things the way an infinite being sees things. And I think when I was praying this the first time, I had these kind of images of Raiders of the Lost Ark and opening the Ark of the Covenant and everyone melting and it being horrible. Um, but God is faithful, and, and he, he answered the essence of, of, of my request, and, and he granted it. And so when I looked at these people now through the lens of how God sees them, it was pretty confronting. Uh, I'll be honest, I, I expected there to be a lot of judgment in those eyes. Um, but even though part of me wanted to feel justified by there being some, um, at least some judgment there, I couldn't find anything. I, I couldn't find anything like that. I, I could find love and affection um, and, and amounts that I, I couldn't properly explain. And I could tell he was aware of their struggles. He, I could tell that he was his sad and he was upset that they for the hurts that those struggles were causing them, but I couldn't find any judgment. And um, this, is, this was really confronting, me, uh, confronting for me at the time, and I still don't fully understand what that really meant, or what, what that vision really meant, um, but I do know that for me, it meant that there was no way I could go forward um, with judgment for them in my eyes, um, in my own eyes. So pressing into that judgment-free vision um, proved to be an even greater gift than just that one-off um, looking at them through his eyes, as it, as it really freed me to, to love anyone I come in contact with, um, even if they're a bit thorny and sometimes especially so. It enabled me to see the person that was behind the struggle um, and become a force for healing and not another person laying on burdens by having expectations about um, behavior and not seeing what's really going on. And um, I think... That's a really valuable truth, at least from my perspective, is that I think God sees the you behind all of the, the layers of, of, of the issues that you've, ha you've had due to life. You know, he sees you, um, he, he can drill through the layers that life has built up, you know, through the traumas and, and your struggles. Um, and I might be hyping this up a little bit too much, so I'll forgive you if you now expect me to ascend into heaven and things like that. But um, this new perspective made a massive difference for me, and it, and it, both then and, and now. This gift of perspective is what made it possible for me to genuinely engage with this internship and to have a real love for each and every person who walks through those glass doors out there. Even when I'm feeling down or unwell, it's been my fuel um, that's kept me going, being able to see you through those lenses and see you how, at least like a shadow of how God sees you. And so far I've resisted the urge to yell, Jesus loves you as you walk through the door. Because um, there, I know there is so much love there. Um, so I'll, I'll hope you indulge me just a little bit longer as, as I try to share with you what, what I have seen and what I don't see when I put those lenses on again to look at you all.
So here's things that I don't see. Don't get them confused, because that would be horrible. Um, but these, thing, these are things that I don't think God is saying about you, saying about his community. I think oftentimes we're our own worst enemies. I think we're really harsh to ourselves with, with judgment. Um, and your eyes may have already picked out words and sentences that you've said over yourself, or perhaps you're thinking about those things that you've said over yourself that you know are maybe not that true, but feel true at the moment. But these are a few of the things that I know in my heart that God is not saying over you, is not saying over his community. It might be being said by society, culture, um, your friends, fellow churchgoers, or even your parents. But your identity is found in God and, and not in these people, as, as hard as that can be sometimes. I want you to feel like you have permission to let these false judgments um, go, because there is some good stuff that I do see that needs a bit of space. Um, so if, if you can, feel free to do that. So, oh, wrong way, oh, wrong way. Okay, here we go. Things that I do see. Um, these are the things that I see when I look at you all through his lens, the lens of, of how God sees you. I see triumphant love, uh, love that has been a bit beaten up and scarred from the fight, but is all the stronger for it. I see his pride for you. I truly believe that he's proud of his people. And even without those lenses, I have seen people be so brave with dealing with their struggles and opening up and being vulnerable in those places and being faithful to God and wanting to, to heal. So as you go about your weeks, maybe spare a moment to think about how God um, sees you and how he sees others. Um, and if you feel that nudge from the Spirit, maybe just ask him. Ask God, like, how, do, how do you see that person? How do you see me? Um, I want to leave you with um, a uh, little passage from Matthew 7:11 here. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? I think that's so true, and I think it's, it's a powerful promise for us. Thank you, Shaw Vineyard, for an amazing year. I feel privileged to have been a part of this community over the last year. Um, thank you to Vic and to Sandy for your guidance and your teaching, for putting up with my cheekiness, and shout out to, to Sandy for dealing with all uh, my heresies and reading my assignments and things like that. Uh, thank you to everyone who's worked alongside me and, and helped me grow and um, just helped me do this year. Um, shout out again to the Mainly Music team, Kathy and Gabby, for letting me be a part of that. And of course, this wouldn't, couldn't finish without a huge thank you for my beautiful wife, Becca. Um, she's supported me so well this year, and she's been bringing home that delicious bacon um, and, and has made it actually possible for me to engage with this year and actually um, even start it. So though my internship is ending, we will both still both be here. Um, so I, lo I look forward to all the future memories that we'll make together. God bless you all. Thank you. Didn't he do good? He's a good man. He is a good man. So second tonight, we have Holly McLaughlin, who's going to come up. We should give her a, her a hand as she comes up. So Holly's been at Shaw Vineyard for the last three years. She loves being active, particularly in the evening service. Uh, and among many other things I've got to say, she runs a book club for which she mainly goes for the cheese board, apparently. So there you go. So there you go. You love the snacks. So come in and, and share with us. 
Um, we've lost our TV there, so it just still click that way. Yeah. Um, and you'll just double check. Perfect. Great. The better me. The better me is the me with God. The better me is the me who strives and has energy. I have patience and kindness. The better me is the me that loves. I've been on a long mental health journey, and it's still going. I grew up with depression, and I never quite knew where I fit in God's kingdom. It was hard. You're supposed to be happy, right? You've heard the good news. And I, I did know that God loved me, so why couldn't I love him back? It was hard. I thought my illness was my personality. Something was inherently wrong, and that I would never be able to get that love. And in a way, I was right. I, have, I don't get the normal amount of chemicals produced um, for my brain, as most do. But that doesn't keep me from his kingdom. He wants me and he loves me. And I know that now. I've been working on my mental health through therapists, which is very important and I very much recommend for everyone. Um, through friends, family, through physical health and self-improvement and medication. And they've all been so essential for my growth. God, too, has had a brilliant role in it. Around two years ago, I decided to prioritise God. And I mean really prioritise God. Like centre him in my day prioritising of God. Can't say I've always done it, but I've at least woken up in the morning and set that as my daily goal. And I've seen healing from it. Matthew 6.33 reads, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Cast your worries on him. God knows where you are. He wants you, and he knows your well-being. He is with you here. How true I found this to be. I've heard somewhere or read somewhere, can't remember, that, whole, that happiness is holiness. And it just stuck with me because the moments that I felt truly happy and truly, truly loved have been the moments where I've been earnestly seeking God. And the Spirit was with me. It's not a feeling that always stays and it's hard to keep a long time, but I've learned that it's worth fighting for and coming back for again and again and again. And in the past two years, I've had my ups and downs, but through it all, I've known my place in his kingdom, and through it all, he has been with me. Before I continue, I'd like to ask you, what would the better you look like? So I'm going to get you to close your eyes, just for a quick few moments, and think about when you were close with God. Maybe now, it may not be, and that's okay. How did you feel What led you to feel this close to God? And what could bring you closer? A good starting point, I think, is prayer. You can open your eyes now. God calls us to him. He wants us and he will help us come to him. Often my prayer is just simply, God, help me to want you because I'm struggling. Help me to want you. And Romans 8.26 says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through word groans. 
And it's my prayer when I don't know where to start. And usually it starts to work. I start to feel something. But again, it's just the start. When I was looking to write this, I wasn't sure whether I wanted to talk about mental health or seeking God. But I realised for me they go hand in hand. And I couldn't talk about one without talking about the other. I think I've forgotten. Thank you. <laughs> Completely forgot about that side of the speech. <laughs> um, and because many practices that I use for seeking God actually work for my mental health too, and vice versa. Turns out the Bible had some good advice and some good verses too. My personal favourite, very well-known one, is Philippians 4 verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters... Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is just, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And the reason I, why I love this verse so much is because it's not about what you shouldn't be doing, what you're doing wrong, but it's about pursuing greatness and beauty and everything that is life-giving. Ultimately, I think it's about pursuing the goodness of God to the fullest, it reminds me a little of cognitive behaviour therapy, which is about understanding the feelings and thoughts that leads to certain behaviours and give strategies for it. One being creating positive thought patterns and positive self-talk. And I just need to say, this isn't to deny your feelings. It's important to feel them, to acknowledge them and to talk about them. Make sure you do that but also look for the good around you and for the good inside of you. Now, how to do it, the hard part. I encourage you to read the Bible, to read encouraging books, to follow Instagram accounts that flood your feed with goodness, go for walks, see your friends, and of course, to thank God. And looking to the Bible, God calls us for the Sabbath, for rest. So I implore you, I encourage you, to rest, really rest. Put your phone away for an hour and not at night when you're sleeping because that, that is cheating. Um, but rest. And the Bible also highlights giving and social participation. Studies have shown how great this is for your well-being. So I encourage you to get engaged and give. Get engaged, yeah. King David speaks on meditation over and over and over. Psalm 145, verse 5. Um, they speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your precepts, and oh, med meditate on your wonderful works. Getting them a little confused. Psalm 119, verse 15. I will meditate on your precepts, consider your ways. In the secular sense, meditation of meditation there are numerous studies showing the benefits of this practice. It might sound boring, but I encourage you to spend some time and meditate, maybe on what you're thankful to God about or what is life giving to you, even for a couple of minutes. Mental habits or physical habits, they take a long time to create, but they are so worth it, and they can create great foundations for you. Many theorists believe relating to others is essential for growth and development. We know this. It's consistent through life and through the Bible. 
We are relational beings and we're called into relationship. We're called to him and we are at our fullest with God. I also believe we can also look to our friends, look to others and reach out for ideas on self-care practices and how others draw close to God. I have a friend who writes the names of her students, puts it in a little jar, picks them out and prays for them. And this is a great way you can substitute students for friends, family, colleagues. And I think this is such a great thing because there's a really, there's real physical process to it. A set intention and just a creative idea. Another friend reads theology and another worship. My friend's ideas give me great opportunities to become close to God and in turn become better me. But what about you? Who can you be with God? I wonder if you can imagine. As we come to our end, let's seek his kingdom. It may not be easy, and mental health is often a lifelong challenge. But remember, God loves you wherever you are at, and it's worth it. Seek his kingdom over and over and over. You are always invited. So I spend some time this week thinking of how you can Make a change that will help you to become the better and happier you, the you with God. That's it. <laughs> Thanks. So good, isn't it? Just wonderful to hear such fresh um, and heartfelt. So what I'd, as we come to an end, what I'd love you to do is just to stand and I'm just going to take you through a little exercise to allow and invite God to speak to us. Because it's so nice, isn't it, to see Fraser speak and to Holly speak and um, to worship together. And I think we'll go away and say, hey, that was, someone's at home or something like that and say, oh, how was church tonight? I think probably most of us say, oh, it was great. You know, kind of so good to hear those, hear those um, addresses and but I wonder if there's something that God has just to drop into each of our hearts and souls to take away. And so you might like to close your eyes and kind of get a bit comfortable. And we won't go for long, but Lord, we invite you to speak to us. Lord, we're, we're here, yes, to support and yes, to worship, but we're also here to know you and to draw close. And so what I just want to encourage you to do is just to, to think back to the moment that you walked into the auditorium tonight and from there, what transpired. So the songs that you sang, the, you know, the, maybe the line that might be still sticking. So, you know, this is not a, not a, a difficult searching thing, just allow it to be. And through, what did we do then? We, we had communion together. You know, we read out a, a statement of, you know, kind of um, togetherness and coming to the table. And then, we, and then we rolled into some announcements and we did joys and concerns or there might be something that really just rests with you there. And then this Fraser and he's talking about judging or not judging and what God does say about you, what God doesn't say about you. And Holly being the better me. So let's just, let's just allow our our kind of um, awareness to float over those topics. And Lord, we pray that as we do that, you would just highlight 
what you have for us to take away from tonight. Not just that it was generally a lovely service, but that we met and encountered and we have something to continue to think about. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast. Thank you.